You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Episode 7 of the Claret and Blue podcast. We're back at work after Christmas. How was your Christmas? I think I'm going to call this something like the festive review or something. Welcome to Misery FM. Yeah, Misery (laughs) FM. How was your Christmas? Some positivity to start the podcast because um, this is going to be a, a, yeah, a little it was negative all right, one. But I don't think that's going to be the diversion we need because I've put white on, haven't I? So I've got to go oh, back yeah. to Slimming World. Oh. Got to go back. We've all done it. Yeah, I know, but I've kind of done well in the last couple of years to shed shed some of this puppy fat. But you can do it again, then. Call it. Yeah, I've, I've I've got that. I've got the, I've got the, the experience of doing it. But <laughs> yeah, so. I've just been resorting to comfort eating. It's a good. Work. It's a good Christmas, though, isn't it? If you looked at it and you're like, oh, I've put white on, you've had a good time. Have I though? <laughs> <laughs> well, football-wise, definitely not. Football has been awful. Nah, let's just talk about my wife, to be honest. I'd rather do without than talk about Villa. It's been a miracle. 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 It's been a miracle we, we Christmas, need, we hasn't need it? We need a miracle, I'll it's tell you that. Other well, than that one moment. I mean, let's let's make a 45-minute <coughs> podcast, podcast about Conor Hurahan's Conor goal. Oh, lovely goal. Um, lovely. Other than that, it's been absolute um, dog... Poo. Yeah, keep that's it PG. It. It's the first day back into work and I came on the bus today and I was just sat there staring out the window. <laughs> you tried to out-misery me? <laughs> yeah, you got the train, it was lovely. It was only 20 minutes. I was coming in, just staring out the window, just like imagining the, the sad music and the rain coming down like I was in a, in, a, in a sad film and I was just like, one, going back to work is never nice after Christmas. Right. But to come in and have to talk about three points for well, I Villa. I think that's what's done it. I think I'd have worked from home. I'd have been sat in my pants eating Quality Street. Yeah. If it hadn't been for having to come and do this podcast. <laughs> How did you put the weight on, by the way? Is that, <laughs> is that it? Sat in your pants eating Quality Street? I don't know what it was, to be honest. Pigs in blankets, <laughs> I think, as I said, were my, uh, yeah. oh, my guilty pleasure. I had, had a good a fair few pigs in blankets. Um, I went to Harry Potter World nice. yesterday. Have you ever tried butter beer? Yes. It's minging. You don't like no, it. it's alright. Do you like yeah, it? Yeah, it's like, I can't describe it. It's like flat pop. It's like cream sugary. soda with loads of, oh mate, it's, this, it's that disgusting. They've got a vat next to it where you can actually tip it away. <laughs> it's cost seven quid. Wow. We'll get onto Villa again. <laughs> nah, forget it. I don't it's care. It's cost seven quid for a tank. You can keep your own tankard. Yeah. Oh mate, it was minging. I went to so. America a few years ago and they've got it there, not the Harry Potter world, like in Disney. Yeah. <laughs> what are people listening for at this point? <laughs> anyway. You can buy it properly there and it's, it's nice. Anyway. Aston Villa needs somebody with a magic wand yes, to nice. come and rescue them from this miserable Voldemort <laughs> <laughs> existence. What we're we talking about, we're, we're going to talk about Villa as a whole, because I'm not sure people are going to want us to digest minute by minute, misplaced pass by misplaced pass. Well, we would be here all day, won't defensive we? Laps by, def- by defensive laps. Well, so. I started doing some notes yesterday. Last night at I don't know, 11 o'clock or something, and then I, st- I wrote Dear one. Matt, I've had enough of working here, I cannot <laughs> yeah. discuss this any longer. I wrote one page, and I was like, oh, I just can't even be bothered. Like, there's no point kind of going too in depth on the game. So, I've kind of got some rough notes. So, we'll kind of go chronologically, but there's obviously kind of bigger talking points for each game. Yeah. So, obviously, Southampton, probably the biggest talking point besides just losing to a team below us, which is an embarrassment in itself, is obviously the McGinn injury which happened right in front of, of us 
it happens where there's a free kick that should have been given in the middle. Referee doesn't give it. John McGinn goes racing over. All, well, the ref was involved, all wasn't he? Didn't the ref? Didn't the ref? Like, so we're not going to go into this in mad detail, but didn't the ref kind of block off well, man Mark Wesley during the oh, run up to yes. it? I think. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, he was, yeah, he was in the way, wasn't he? Yeah. And he didn't give the free kick. McGinn comes running over and he's running towards us in, where, where we sit in the lower trinity. And his arms are going like this. And I actually laugh at like, oh yes, like he looks like up for this. Yeah. And all of a sudden he's down, rolling around on the floor, clutching his ankle, and you think, oh god, here we go. And he doesn't go down. Not no, like that. Hurt, and he looked in pain, you know and I mean? all the players were coming over. And Jack uh, came over and speaking to the medical staff, and he looked like gutted. And obviously, it's not like a broken leg, as if yeah. like you could see bone or anything. But that obviously said, we think this is serious, and he yeah. looked kind of shaken up. He kind of then limps off. Obviously, his foot's dangling in the air, but like they like put the shoulders around him. Yeah. And he walks down the tunnel. So I was thinking, oh. Probably not that bad. Yeah, if there's no stretcher like, involved. Yeah, you know, like, they, they, right, they stretch them off for anything these days, yeah. so it's probably going to be all right. <laughs> Classic, will it? comes out, oh yeah, it's a fractured ankle, he'll be out for three months. Thank, thank you very much. Happy Christmas, everybody. It kind of... Not that a, injury shook the game, though. I felt like the players looked like that rocked us losing yeah, so I mean, early on. you can blame that. You know, there's still a, lot of, a long way to go in that game, but to me, not only are you losing a Premier League quality player in what we're discovering, despite our early excitement, there's a dearth of real kind of Premier League quality in yeah. that squad. You're losing that. To me, you're losing a leader because there, yeah. there really is a lack of leaders. Some energy as well. There. Well, yeah, well, a bit of pace, bit of energy, leadership and quality. <laughs> you know, we're not into a great player that we don't have. <laughs> we're not blessed with those those things, are we? Yeah. So to kind of to lose that in one one kind of enthusiastic packet, um, <laughs> one bundle of um, of talent that, that that is John McGinn, and we've said this before. You know, we've said that Douglas Louise, Connor Howrahan, Marvelous Nakamba, Henry Lansbury, none of them have made themselves undroppable. Yeah. At all. None of them has put have put two two strong performances together really in a row. Um, so from McGinn to be out, um, like I say the leadership thing I want to touch upon because I found found that during that Southampton game particularly that too many players were willing to not go missing. I think that's harsh to say they went missing, but it's too easy to give it Jack Grealish. Mm. You know, it's almost like playing school football. Give it give it the big good lad. He'll, you know, he'll score all the goals. He'll sort everything out. To me, that's a dereliction of duty. I mean, that if feels like the tactic at this point. If you're doing that as, as a professional footballer, we know his quality, we know he's gifted, but to place that burden on him yeah. all the time, use him as a diversion occasionally, at least pretend to pass him and <laughs> you know, utilise the space that him, him occupying seven markers has made for you. Yeah. Don't give it him when he's, he's that tight under pressure and expecting to work his magic all the time. He'll probably do it nine times out of ten, but you can't do it all the time. And to me, that's a mentality thing. Mm. This too many of the, these guys who have kind of it's taken a couple of months to understand the intensity of the Premier League <laughs> I didn't think Villa were playing t- too badly during the first 10 yeah. dozen games of the season that's the frustrating thing because you, we've we've said time and time again on here and on Twitter and all the rest of it that oh we've been in games so like we've given Spurs a good go we've given Arsenal a good go we've been to Man City in the first half and yeah. gave them a good go Liverpool were winning for 80 odd minutes like there's positives there that you think as much as we talked about with, with Ty about that Liverpool game about the the defeat kind of hitting us hard yeah. but I kind of feel like well, can you not take any positivity from the first 80 minutes instead yeah. of only focusing on the last 10 like you were good for 80 yeah. minutes like use that as kind of motivation to, to succeed like but they do don't they they, they they can't cope with setbacks they crumble 
when they, when they it, is setbacks, it is disappointing. Now, but when they've stretched it to the setbacks are coming in the 80th minute, that's only meant a 2-1 defeat from a 1-0 lead. Yeah. Whereas if your setbacks are coming with those goals at the start of the second half... Oh, that's a joke as well, man. <laughs> it is a joke, isn't it? I said in, uh, I think it was Norwich. It was one of the home games. I don't know. It's all a blur at this point, especially with it being Christmas. Um, when Douglas Louise cleared the one off the line. And I was like, oh, we've just made it to 50 minutes without conceding. And that was literally on the 50th minute. And I was like, that's the first time we've got to that point in the game for the last three in a row or whatever without conceding. It's just poor. It's really poor now. They've just got the hallmarks of a relegation side. Yeah, I wrote that down last night. I was just like, for, for Watford, like that, and we'll come on to it in a bit more detail later. Those kind of performances are, yeah. are what are like neutral fans will look at and go, oh, Villa are going down, yeah. doing do things like that. Yeah. I mean, we had a, we were I'm scared. Doing, we're doing, yeah, I'm scared, Daddy. I'm scared. <laughs> Don't be scared. <laughs> we've been through this before. <laughs> to we've me, got, we've got more points than last time. Yeah, well, so that's that's a bonus. That is the kind of you, you've clutched and you've kind of you found <laughs> that we've already we've already kind of eclipsed the the worst ever Aston Villa relegation t- tally. You know, halfway through a season. So how many points did we go we down? Seventeen. Seventeen now. Right, okay, so we're better than Lesko, Lesko and company, brilliant. Um, oh, oh, I thought you were talking about Vincent Company for a second then, I was like, <laughs> not Lesko and company, <laughs> I'd probably take them as a partnership, <laughs> maybe 10 years ago. Um, okay, let's bask in that, that's done. In terms of, I mean, how many points have we got now? 18, 18. 18 from 20 games. We've done a little bit of Rachel Riley maths mm-hmm. and found out that if you... That's not, that, that's not very good, is the If analysis. you extrapolate that over a 38-game season, that works out at 34.2 points. Now, I think you should have points <laughs> after the decimal place, <laughs> just to kind of set those differences. 34 points. We've... I don't think we could bring anybody much cheer, are we? I think in the last couple of years... I know else is miserable, so that deal with in it. In the last two seasons, 35 points would have kept you up because in 2018 2017-18 we had Swansea staying up with 33 points and 2019 we no we had Swansea going down with 33 points yeah. so 34 would have kept you up yeah. and last season we had Cardiff going down with 34 points so 35 would have kept you up I don't think the magic 40 point mark I don't think that, four years been a thing that it's a target to aim to isn't it but yeah it used to be the, the kind of threshold to reach <coughs> I think 37 is probably going to get you somewhere near the fact that we're even talking about these kind of margins these these survival margins at a time where we thought yeah I, I think Villa can finish 12 or 30 suggests how it's kind of plunged I know because you so look at that quickly. and go like 40 points is the magic target but 37 will probably be alright that's the difference of one win between 37 and yeah. 40 like are we having how to like narrow it down win, just, one, know, what, just one win having to like narrow it down and be like oh we're, we're only one win away from not being good enough to stay up yeah. like it's so like tedious to have to look at it in that much detail yeah. and be that kind of downhearted yeah. that we need to even look at it like you say yeah. that you can't just sit back and go oh we're already on sort of 28 29 now and in the top half and we're basically almost there but if you That's think about games when we were playing because we should we should be really because we've been in positions where oh yeah I mean if you think about games where we're playing what I would say listen it wasn't we weren't playing a brilliant Olay football but we were playing reasonably well against Bournemouth yeah. at home should have got something from that game Palace. against Burnley at home should have won that Palace should have picked up it Arsenal so these games where Liverpool. they've been been competitive but they're just too fragile they're mm. just too they've got such a soft underbelly to be honest which is great if you're a puppy not so great 
<laughs> I was just thinking about your dog. It's great if you're a puppy. It's not great if you're a Premier League footballer, <laughs> Premier League footballer, or a Premier League club fighting for survival. Really, I mean, the one thing that we did say was we did notice a glimmer of Villa being streetwise as a football club yeah. during the the. Um, it's not even the players, is it? During, no, but it's <laughs> not. But maybe they can learn from that. To be honest, yeah. So the Norwich, the Norwich game, the, the biggest highlight I took away besides the three points and the goal is. We've talked about you. Obviously, you talked about it then. But we spoke about it last episode, and I've had several tweets saying like a Villa kind of tough enough. We spoke about Dean Smith like applauding off the Sheffield United players yeah. or whatever it was, and those little things where you think, oh, we are a bit of a we are a bit of a soft touch. Like I expect us to be a bit more ruthless than that, and we kind of saw that with the, in the Norwich game with the ball boys. Now I tweeted about it after the game. Most people were like, yeah, I love that. A couple of people were like, oh, that's bad, bad, bad sportsmanship whatever I don't care I love stuff like that little petty things so it was brilliant like we said didn't we when the, the guy from the I can't remember the, which coach it was but one of the Norwich backroom staff come, comes kind of oh, wading into the Villa technical was. area he's absolutely he runs all the way from his dugout in front of uh, we're kind of I think C5 or C6 so it's like the block over from Dean Smith's side he runs all the way in front of us and it's like what what are you doing mate like, that, the thing is as well Norwich were time wasting from like the 30th minute yeah. with, with goal kicks that was and stuff like on last the minute Christmas shopping at Merrill that was just kind of barging people out quick quick the time's running down did, did you get what you needed to get oh, I can't remember I've got a, I've got a, a, a Apple charger yeah. but I didn't That's I didn't get an official one in the end I got it from Pound, Argus from, from Blackheath Sainsbury's uh, but it, it's done the trick it's good. done the trick so good phone's charged up now kept so. Mrs Kendrick happy yeah good so. So yeah, I, I love those little petty things that the, like the ball boy kind of just holds onto the ball until the player comes and then makes them come all the way to get it and then gives it them or then throws it to a Villa player or something yeah. so he has to give it back and little things like that. There was one for a, a Villa had a goal kick and Tom Heaton obviously well, obviously were one nil up at this point. Tom Heaton leaves it and he's kind of just wandering around and Pookie comes running all the way over from sort of the uh, eighteen yard box all the way over towards the north stand and the ball boy's holding it. Pookie comes all the way over and then the ball just rolls it past him to Tom Heat and then he, Pookie just sort of looks around and like, what, what are you doing, mate? I love stuff like that because it, it will wind them up. Like, it will wind the players up. It wound the coaches up. You, need, they, you need to kind of make most of whatever advantage <clears throat> that you can have. Either that coach or the manager got a yellow card for, for moaning. There's yeah. a moment where they kind of lost their head and were moaning at the lines, the lines woman as yeah. well, the assistant ref or whatever they, yeah. whatever they have to say now because they thought it was their throwing or whatever it was. And it's like those little moments that like for a team under pressure I mean it's it, 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 we've talked about it now it isn't great sportsmanship is it to kind of be looking at these little things like oh they're like the best parts of, of the, of well, the day to me, that but it's those little is, competitive edges that other teams will take and if we don't start doing stuff like that we'll get left behind so you can't have to do it because yeah, everyone's doing it. it I think it's about being streetwise I don't think it's I don't think it's cheating I think it's playing within the kind of yeah. just pushing the boundaries of the game it does depress me that 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 ball boy retaining the ball at the moment could probably make it onto Villa's end of season highlights DVD <laughs> I do find it I find it grim that we're clutching to that level yeah, no, but that's equally big... that's what we've been left with we're a bit bereft at the moment we need to kind of find little bits little glimmers um, there was a moment where again the guy in front of us um, when I think it was when the, the Norwich guy ran past to get it and the ball boys gave it to Elmo or whoever it was and Smith kind of looked back at him and like gave him a little smile it's just like those it's just gave our players probably a little bit of a boost it's like yeah, yeah like this is our place like we can do what we want in our own stadium and they were clearly getting wound up by it and that will translate onto the pitch the players will just feel frustrated and if you can gain that little edge from a ball boy 
you have to take that I think exactly because again it's getting that home crowd going and yeah. it's been hard Villa Park I, I thought for the first how many games they played at home now let's say it's, it's 10 games at home I thought the atmosphere was brilliant I mean I go back I'm going back to the kind of balmy summer now when we turned up on a Friday night against Everton in you know short sleeves yeah. and the place is rocking and it's almost as if and I know it's a kind of it's a mutual thing yeah. you know you feed the players the players players feed you but it's almost as if the Villa Park crowd have kind of almost going through their lull and I'm part of that crowd yeah, I'm, not, so I'm not standing on my feet kind of <laughs> starting chance. so you know take responsibility as well but it's like I would say little moments like that little moments like the ball boy <laughs> annoying the opposition lifts the crowd and we've got to kind of put together any little kind of little piece of the jigsaw that are going to get Villa out mm. of this real I don't know I don't want to call it a crisis I don't want to call it a mess but I think it's a real kind of close to that a real sticky sticky situation now on the, the ball boy thing the, I mean, we won't we won't kind of do this to death but do you say that, that JT had done yes, yeah, <laughs> and given was, a little kind of pep talk to some of the ball boys I was just thinking the about that. there was a game earlier this season I can't remember which it was after Everton I think so <laughs> one of the ones between then and now yeah. yeah between Everton and Norwich JT came to the ball boy in front of us and just kind of gave him a message in his ear and then pointed at the other ball boys and I was like oh, so I'm looking at it more so than the rest of the game yeah. I've got, a, got yeah. a thing for ball boys clearly <laughs> um, not like that and uh, all of a sudden the ball boy runs off to the one next to him like they're separated aren't they yeah. and he speaks to him and a minute later he go and speaks to someone else yeah. he speaks to someone else and then I'm looking still still looking and down like the corner flag by the whole end like you can still see each ball boy going around to the rest and I'm saying to my dad like JT just told him to tell the others something I don't know why probably bring it, your boots <laughs> yeah, it's probably start time wasted or do this do that and I didn't really see anything that day that made me think oh yeah that's what he told him to say but I would imagine it's along the lines of don't give the ball back so quickly or try and you know drop the ball or whatever so yeah just little little moments like that that you can kind of hang your hat on and go oh, at least we're trying to be a little bit nasty you're listening to Claret and Blue a ball boy special <laughs> podcast for Birmingham Live right let's talk about the, those other the ones who um, okay you get my phone out for this because I couldn't be bothered to the write ones on the up. pitch um, do you want to talk about Norwich a little bit is there any positives from Norwich for you just the goal just the goal to be honest Courtney Hawes was pretty good um, yeah <laughs> for one game only yeah um, I don't I really don't want to I put uh, in my notes I called because I was trying to find a, like a PG word for what the ball boys were doing and I came up with ball boy tomfoolery oh, rather than ball boy housery yeah <laughs> Just a bit of tomfoolery is, is a was, good description yeah, of what the ball boys were up to. It was just a bit of ball boy bants, wasn't it, really? <laughs> to be honest. Christ. Um, I did put that wingers was an issue. The midfield balance is still an issue. Have Villa got wingers? Oh, that's bad, isn't it? It's so annoying. Like, well, I want to come on to like the summer recruitment later, specifically like as a whole. I just feel Is like that just a kind of taste to keep people involved. Yeah, yeah we'll come on to that later. Yeah, so far we've <laughs> talked about Christmas, travelling to work, and ball boys. So yeah. we'll talk about football a little bit. Um, thing is, though, we're talking about Villa, but I'm actually laughing for the first time about Villa. Well, it's so it's, therapy for you. It's, mate. A good, it's a good start. Um, I'm crying s- inside. S- but <laughs> if you're laughing, that's good. <laughs> sitting in my head, in my hands. Um, the wingers. I wanted. To, I don't know whether I said it in the last episode, but I, I mentioned about I wanted to see more of Yotta. I've said it to somebody in private. You've seen us now, yeah. 
I was like, he feels like a bit of an enigma to me. That like, is he is he going to be good? Is he like we've not seen enough of him to fully judge him? Like, there's that one assist that he got for Wesley in against Everton, the, yeah. the game of the season at this yeah. point. It's like, oh yeah, there might be something there. Like, he looks like a decent player when he when he's come on in in little little sparks. I want to see more of him. We've seen more of him. Not yeah, not, probably not probably brilliant. Is it? Can't still judge. Still, yeah, over yeah, that, fair. but it doesn't doesn't fill me. With great excitement, but I suppose that's or hope. It's a player coming into a side that's already struggling, isn't it? The only players that come into a side struggling and do well are Jack Grealish types and yeah, Tyrone I mean, Mings types. Interesting one with wingers, isn't it? Because I think on their passport it says profession winger in brackets. You know, I reserve the right to be a bit flaky. I'll play well yeah, one week yeah, and I'll play not so well like the next that. week. Now at the moment, I'd take that one week of playing well yeah. from any of them. Um, because at the moment, the fact that none of them, <coughs> none of them, and by them we're talking, and we're all Garzi, we're talking Trezeguet. That was actually the highlight from from Norwich when um, Ty tweeted that um, Blabion was calling him Tresemme yeah, rather, rather than Trezeguet. Love that. I did nick your joke about an hour after you'd made it. I know. Um, Someone tweeted me tagging me in your tweet like, yeah. "Oh, look what look what this guy's done." I was like, oh, I've killed it. Sorry about that. Dan made a good gag about head and the shampoo gag about head and shoulders. I nicked it. You know, we've settled our artistic differences <laughs> or similarities. <laughs> anyway, what we're talking Trezeguet, El Ghazi, and now Hotter. Yeah, wingers can be flaky. They can blow hot and cold. But so poor have they been. That sounds a bit like a bit of a Yoda sentence. <laughs> so, so poor. You got so, alcohol in that mug. Or, I wish. I know, Not yeah. with this waistline. Uh, <laughs> give me a beer. So I've got a bit of cold coffee, actually. I'm just giving, give me a purr. Thanks. So poor have they been. That sounded horrible, by the way. What, the slur? Yeah. So poor. I'm going to get to the end of this sentence in a minute. So poor have they been that Aston Villa's best player moved centrally yeah. for one game and well he excelled there but he, he, he excels wherever you're playing to be honest but what I'm saying is Codger is this you're talking about <laughs> no I'm not talking about Codger funnily enough I'm talking about the ball boy who stands about Trent, <laughs> talking about Jack Grealish so poor have they been that Jack Grealish is having to be <laughs> that should be the title for this episode <laughs> so, so poor have they been I might do that actually so poor have they been <laughs> no no no, no. I've lost me trying to so, talk. I'll just talk about Jack out wide because Ty said we're playing him out wide because we're. This is Ty. Ty Bryce. Ty Bryce. Yeah, I mean, he might be saying it as well. To be fair, <laughs> he's he's playing left wing or out on the left because the other alternatives aren't great, I and mean, that gives us an extra man in midfield, yeah. Harahan or Louise or whoever. Yeah. I understood that. Like that made sense to me. Jack was being productive on the left wing. He's got his best goal scoring yeah. season ever. Um, I think five goals and five yeah. assists or whatever it yeah. is. I don't. Even, I don't even care at this point. He's very good. We all yeah. know that. But it's, that's now what uh, playing Jack left wing makes up for poor wingers. But yeah. Jack playing left wing means we control the game less because he's not central to everything. Yeah. If we want to have him on the ball at all times, and it's just get the ball to Jack Grealish and let him do his thing. All the focus of play is narrowed down to one area of the pitch now, yeah. rather than him being central and allowed to kind of float around middle left or right it's yeah. all just pump it long down to the left side and he'll either cut in and score a goal or he'll have to play someone in and it's all just focused in a little corner of the pitch yeah. I understood playing him out there as a, as a way of not playing one of the wingers if they were poor 
but now we're controlling games less. Jack has to play centrally, especially with McGinn out now. Like for Watford, he's back out on the left after being good against Norwich. Yeah. And Lansbury's playing in the middle. Like wasn't wasn't the beauty of Are playing? you expecting Lansbury to create the I'm not trying to like dig him out specifically, but I am <laughs> also at the same time. Are you expecting him to be as good in the middle yeah, as Jack Grealish is? For Lansbury, you could have put any of the other central yeah, midfielders. Yeah, exactly. To me, the beauty of when Jack Grealish, when Dean Smith first put Jack Grealish out there, was he got this partnership with Matt Target. Mm. And Matt Target was getting forward, overlapping, you know, kind of making decoy runs to allow Jack to come inside. Matt Target has gone backwards yeah. for me. So you're not even getting the beauty of that can I can I propose I don't know if it's radical thinking it's probably bloke in the pub tactics which is what people come to us for yeah, yeah. to be honest get that on an iTunes review is there any is there any scope for Gilbert playing as a winger and Al Mohamedy continuing at right back or Potentially. is that just I, I'm reaching out here at the minute I feel I can't like that's see a Steve Bruce the, thing <laughs> I don't like players playing out of position. There's just a general rule. Like even Jack as a left winger, he's not a left winger, is he? I, yeah. I'm not a massive fan of that. Trying to like shoehorn players in. I thought Elmo was decent against Norwich. Might have even possibly in Southampton. I don't know. All the games roll into one. It must have been Norwich, I guess, because we won. I kept a clean sheet that day. So. We played poor against Norwich, really. I don't know. I thought Elmo was good at one point. At some point <laughs> in, his, in his Villa career, I thought, yeah, he's all right there. Um, I don't know. I feel like with the wingers not being great like chopping and changing them and dropping them isn't going to fix that is it because if you've got the alternative is Jack left wing and Gilbert right wing just give Trezeguet and Elmo uh, El Ghazi a run in the game just give them six games in a row you're our left winger you're our right winger you've got to deliver because this is your chance to prove why you should be playing why we shouldn't be replacing you in January it's a difficult position out wide, isn't it? Because if you put a great ball in and Wesley missed times the header, that's not your fault as the winger if the ball was good. So there's little things that we kind of look at and go, oh, they've underperformed there, they've not delivered. But if they're not being supported by the rest of the team, it's, it's just a vicious cycle, isn't it? Everyone kind of needs the rest of the team to do well to for them to be good. <laughs> Apart from Jack that stands out on his own, the midfield can look a bit shaky if the other midfielders aren't playing well. Yeah. So you can kind of go, Douglas Weaves weren't very good. Yeah, but the players around him weren't very good either. So what, like how, who, who do you want to dig out? Courtney Hawes wasn't very good. Yeah, but was his left back any good either? Like yeah. they, all, they all kind of need to join in together, don't they? So I don't know. I just feel like maybe we're not. And I wasn't one of these people that like, oh, we're going to finish top half. But I thought, yeah, we, this team should be good enough. Yeah. To, to be alright in the Premier League I'm kind of looking at it now thinking oh maybe we're just not as good as I thought we were because the start of the season when we were saying about we're being in games is that kind of average players overperforming because we're new to the league and we're all up for it yeah. or was it what's the alternative yeah av- but yeah was it like average players under overperforming or, or, they are, or are they actually decent players and now they're underperforming for whatever reason because at the start you if you've set your level you can play at that level whether you're overperforming or not yeah. if you've shown that you can play at that level you can play at that level the worrying thing for me is that when we got I mean, who, who are, I mean you may beg to differ our four best players are probably down the spine of the team you've got Tommy Heaton in goal mm-hmm. you've got Tyrone Mings although we know that he had a bit of a wobble you've got 
Jack Grealish and you've got John McGinn. Now, we started the season, we played probably, I know we lost Jack for a couple of games, we played a dozen games with those yeah. four in the team and we still weren't winning football matches. Yeah. Now, albeit we've gone to play against Arsenal, but Arsenal aren't great. This Performances season. were still decent-ish, though, weren't you know, they? We've we celebrated a point the, the, the points. at Old Trafford where Watford have gone and beaten them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So even when we've Although, had... I suppose it doesn't really always work like that, does it? No, no, <laughs> I know that. But we've even when we've had our strong our strong performances haven't yielded points. Yeah. So when we're... If we can't win games I suppose Norwich, with our strong performances... Norwich on Boxing Day, we were lucky to win that. Yeah. So it kind of, sometimes it will balance itself out. With Norwich, kind of when everyone kind of gets all sort of doom and gloom about, oh yeah, lose to Watford, oh, lose to Watford, you're going down. Like I always kind of think well, with Norwich specifically, they got a point against Tottenham after losing to us. Like yeah. after losing to us, like you'd be thinking, oh god, we're in real trouble going yeah. losing to Villa. And then they go and get a point and could have probably won against yeah. Tottenham. The difference is Norwich were unlucky to lose against us, yeah, and Norwich they played they, well against. They us. played well and continued that against Spurs. Yeah. With us, we were lucky to win against Norwich and got found out against Watford, yeah. which is. Seriously, seriously I, mean, I, think, I think that's that's my biggest concern. It's probably a good time to touch on um, the Dean Smith situation. Really, listen, I'll, I'll put my cards on the table. Uh, I'm, I'm Team Dino. Yeah, so am uh, I. I can't see. I mean, I don't. People say, "Oh, would it be different if he, if he's a if he wasn't a Villa fan?" No, no. I think to <laughs> me, it's more the fact that I think we've got to keep faith with the bloke who's delivered Premier League football in the first time against the odds and I think we were saying before the cameras and the and the mic started rolling the mic's roll before mm. they started purring and whizzing <laughs> that Villa finished fifth in yeah. the championship last season and we're lucky to get that far so well not lucky but you know what I mean they're now nobody likes 18th in the Premier League nobody likes it it feels horrible but it is still in the grand scheme of things, a higher position than fifth yep. <laughs> in the championship. Factually correct. And that wouldn't have happened if Dean Smith hadn't picked up the pieces of a Steve Bruce reign that was kind of, you know, careering out of control mm. and brought some organisation. We know there's a 10-game winning run. We know Jack Grealish discovered the magic in his boots. And I suppose people could say, well, OK, well, maybe somebody should come in and be the one who picks up the, the pieces of a Dean Smith I know but who I don't want Villa to be a kind of you know knee jerk knee jerk knee jerk all the time we had this situation that's how we got to the trouble we got into the first place well think about it Villa lost their way under Paul Lambert I'm you know I'm not sure they ever knew <laughs> what way that was <laughs> to be honest but they lost their way Tim Sherwood came in delivered that short sharp shock yeah. but that just kind of paved the way for further chaos. Mm -hmm. To me, and I, I know I'm going to be at odds with a growing section of the fan base now, I'd rather get relegated with Dean Smith and trust Dean Smith to build, to come back up. Now, I'm not the one who's in charge of purse strings at Aston Villa. Christian Perslow, Nassif Sawiris and Wes Edens think, well, that might be okay to you, Matt, but we're not quite prepared to take a £120 million gamble. Mm -hmm. um, we need to be in the Premier League at all costs, having got there. Um, and listen, people have made made changes 
and it's worked. I remember when Nigel Atkins left Southampton and people were like, oh no, this bloke has kind of, you know, he knows what he's doing. What have you made that change for? And then Pochettino was was, was born as the kind of <laughs> Nespec, you know, the, the new Mourinho, the new Fergie or whatever. So, listen, I know that I can't... I don't think you can say that there's nobody better out there who could do a better job. But equally, you know, I think Villa got their man got their manager manager appointment bang on last time. Does that mean that they've got they're brilliant at picking managers? Does that mean that they've used their luck up? I don't know. But to me I think it's we've got to try and trust Dean Smith to find a way out of this. Yeah. I think the growing frustration is that he doesn't seem to have been as tactic, tactically flexible as we would have liked him to have been. He's um, a good coach though, isn't he? He's good on the training ground. He's good like before before he came to us, and I've not watched much of Brentford, obviously, but I would have looked at him and gone, "Yeah, he's a good coach. Like he he knows how to set a team up." Whereas now you look at it and think, "Oh, you look to him and think we'll change it." Like you must be able to see what we like. Yeah, I'm no football manager, but I can see that what we're doing at the moment isn't working. Like surely they can see the same. Yeah, so why be aren't something better than this? Why aren't we making changes? That's frustrating. There must be an alternative reality yeah. that doesn't <laughs> see you go down to ten men. Sorry, oh, go, go yeah. the opposition. Yeah. Like know. Watford, 1-0 down, bad enough as it is. They go down to 10 men with, a, what, half an hour to go or yeah. something? You think, right, here we go. I did a tweet yeah. saying we have to take advantage yeah. of this now. Thank, thanks for that, Villa. Make me look stupid on Twitter once again. Well, How do you can see two more kind of goals at the opposition And out-battling the opposition, yeah. even if you lose that game 1-0. That's basics, you've, isn't you've it? Whack the kitchen sink at Watford. <clears throat> but I don't know. I think... I think it probably helps having a couple of away games to be honest in terms of the mood mm. of Villa Park because oh. I think if Villa yeah. would have come back the atmosphere at the end of the game against Watford wasn't great apparently if Villa would have come back to, to Villa Park on New Year's Day I think it would have been a kind of a real pressure cooker I think I don't think it's a free hit I think people are going to demand that they go to, to Burnley and get a result got to win um, got to win now every game is must win now if it wasn't already like we were looking at the the points total before weren't we when we, we looked at five games between now and Burnley how many I think points every game must win because if they won every game that would oh, take yeah. them into Europe just about <laughs> oh, pedantic but you know what I mean like every game until you get that win yeah every game is a must win if that makes sense like if we don't who have we got we've got Burnley away then Man City <laughs> oh dear Man City but then I think we have Watford or Brighton I've written <laughs> I'm looking at my fixture list and I've written down the home games and the away games not in order throw a Rotherham in there or <laughs> yeah. pull under, under threes or something <laughs> in there just to uh... but you've got Burnley Watford and Brighton in, in three of the next four so those games are must win if you lose to Burnley Watford is a must win you've got to get out of the bottom three as soon as yeah and I think the fact okay we've seen Southampton have a a mini revival um, if you like but the fact that Bournemouth are not too far away yeah. Brighton are not too far away uh, West Ham obviously uh, are not too far away Villa not cut adrift you know back in what year is it 15-16 back in 15-16 Villa were effectively down by Christmas yeah. now they're not cut adrift now um, they've, they've proven albeit probably four, five, six weeks ago that they can be competitive so this is where Dean Smith earns his money this is where he needs to retain the, the trust of Team Smith 
people yeah. like me or you, but more importantly, needs to retain the trust of Team Smith, people like Christian Perslow, <laughs> um, to be honest. And you can only do that by affecting positive change. Yeah. If he believes in his system to such an extent that 4-3-3 at all costs is the way and he just has to tinker with the personnel from time to time we need to start seeing some evidence of it I would think knowing Villa fans as I do that if Villa lost 1-0 at Burnley on New Year's Day but hit the crossbar five times uh, and you know kind of um, battered down the door there I think people would think we can see it. We can see signs that this is working. Yeah. But I think it's the the kind of the forlorn kind of sorry kind of. I don't like to say toss it off because I don't think I don't think it's a very nice phrase. <laughs> <laughs> but I also don't think that footballers. I don't think this this set of footballers are doing that. But I think I tweeted after the Norwich game that they sorry after the Southampton game that they need to be braver. Hmm. on the ball and off the ball they need to take responsibility they need to be they need to run faster and run harder and work harder and tackle harder and actually just kind of give the impression that if Aston Villa are to be relegated this season it will be not for the want of trying that they're, they're battling running their little socks off to, to stay up the only one, I don't see that enough the only one that was doing that was Jack he was the furthest forward I think against Norwich and he was he was the one, he was the one closing people down and he kind of looks looks back at Who's with me, guys? Yeah. And there's no one there. And it's like, I, I would feel like if I was him, and I, you, his, when he's frustrated, and you can see it on the pitch, I told you about it before the Matt Target one, when he's got time to play the ball out along the floor to Jack, who's in space, yeah. and he just boots it straight up, 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 up the pitch, and Jack kind of throws his arms around and goes mental. That you, when you see that frustration, you I feel that as well because he know we know that he knows what it means yeah. as a Villa fan, and when you can tell how frustrated he is with his own teammates, it almost makes it worse for the the crowd. It's not just a random captain who's came and joined in the summer and he's yeah. frustrated with his teammates. Like he gets why it's so annoying. Yeah. So, I saw someone saying that like he's kind of thrown his teammates under the bus with something like that because he's kind of going to everyone. That was awful. Like, I don't think he has. I remember him doing that. I remember him doing better. that to Albert Adoma in the um, yeah, yeah. in the playoff semi final yeah, yeah. um, at the Hawthorns. So it's just having standards. He's Villa captain now. He has to get. Yeah, he he's head and shoulders to come back to a, a lovely shampoo pun from earlier <laughs> above the rest of the players. Yeah, without a doubt, he's head and shoulders above head and shoulders above, above Tresemme. <laughs> definitely above Tresemme. <laughs> he's he's one of the best players in the league. Right, so he's clearly the best player at Aston Villa. He said after the game against Norwich, like him and Connor did an interview with uh, with Amazon. I was going to say BT for a minute with Amazon, and he was like, he said something like, "Oh, you, like you should see us in training. Like we're great in training." <laughs> like, I know that's a different like level, but like if we're good in training, and then we come onto the pitch, I mean, we're great in our dressing rehearsal before we did <laughs> yeah. this. Wasn't the, fir- the first run of this was excellent. <laughs> I'm not sure about this one, if, but that that's frustrating as a as a player. Like if he can see that these are good players. And then oh yeah, listen. He's not Matt saying Target Matt, he's not saying to Matt Target. He's not taking frustration. Taking his frustration out of Matt Target because Matt Target hasn't made a jinking run, drop, drop the shoulder, and played a lovely reverse ball <laughs> into Wesley. He's, you know, he doesn't expect players to be him. Yeah, but, but he expects them to right. do the basics. Yeah. And to me, you can't play a pressing game with one person. Yeah, exactly. you can't even do that in doubles badminton. <laughs> you know, you've got to, you've got to have two people who are forcing the net. So. <laughs> What's the point? If he's doing it on his own, what's the point? It's that's, a team game. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, oh, Coming back to what you said about Dean Smith, I'm Dean Smith in as well. I think I said, I, th- I think it was the one that you weren't on. Even if we went down, I don't think, 
from from a Villa perspective, on our experience, there isn't a better man to get us promoted because he's the one who did it before. Yeah. <laughs> Just on pure logic, he's already done it, so I'd give him the chance to get us back up again. Now, obviously, it's easy to say, oh, well, if he takes us down, we'll come straight back up. If that doesn't happen and we stay down, it's we're in, we're yeah, in real trouble again. For life. Yeah, exactly. But if we are to go down, mass changes happen anyway. Changing the manager as well does, you know what doesn't happens? seem If Dean worth, Smith gets sacked, say Burnley lose four 0 Burnley lose. Say Villa lose four 0 on New Year's Day. Dean Smith gets sacked. Big, you know, one line statement. We would like to thank Dean for his efforts. Blah 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 blah. What will happen? John Terry will be given the caretaker manager job. And nothing will change. So, probably, if John Terry can't influence that dressing room from the role that he's got, <laughs> drilling them on set pieces for a start, then what's what's really going to change? Yeah. I don't think Villa are going to go and get some kind of magic man uh, back to Harry Potter. Who <laughs> are going to get some kind of? Listen, I might I might be wrong. I might be wrong, but I think stating the obvious, the pressure's on Dean to find the solution. Yeah got to find the solutions but and he's got to find them quickly from a very basic level I'm seeing things on Twitter oh we can go, let's go all out for Pochettino I mean if give your head a wobble it's not going to happen is it the, the guy that's over overachieved with Tottenham gets linked with Real Madrid Arsenal Man City Man United everyone yeah. it's going to come to Villa in the bottom three I mean, how much have you had to drink this Christmas if, if you think that's a genuine possibility? Allegri from Juventus, again. It's not going to happen. If we sack Dean Smith now, it's going to be an Allardyce, a Pulis. It would have been a David Moyes. Like, West Ham have gone back to David Moyes. Like, do we want to do something like that? Do yeah. we want to... Should we get Paul Lambert back? Like, what, what, are you expe- what, are you, what are you expecting to change? Like, unless, obviously, like, I'm being very naive that there's probably a great manager in the German league or something that could come in. <sighs> It doesn't feel like that would happen to me. It feels like we go for a safe option yeah. in a, a Pulis. Like, imagine, oh God, if, like, it feels like what we did with Bruce. Like, oh yeah, we'll get Steve Bruce in. That at the time, that was like, oh, this is a let's this think, is a disappointing let's think appointment. Back to when Dean Smith got the job, who was the who were the other contenders? I don't know. Thierry. Uh, yeah, right? yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the alternative route, isn't it? Like an unknown, untested. Was it Rui Rui Faria from yeah. from Chelsea? Like, if we go down that route again, we haven't got a crystal ball. That could work. We could finish on 50 points and it'd be the best second half of the season since last year's second half of the season but that's not going to happen is it if we're struggling I think sacking the manager as much as like as much as I'm Dean Smith in you've got to ask questions we're not we're, we're I'm not saying that Dean Smith in everything's happy it's, it's definitely not we're, we are awful at the moment these three games should have been at least six points seven or nine ideally to come out with three is horrific because yeah. I'm not kind of I'm not going to dress it up as oh, I'm Dean Smith in so I'm saying this is all alright it's unacceptable and things have to change but I feel like and I know it's a different league but something in Dean Smith got us to win ten in a row yeah. now, regardless of the level that is an unbelievable achievement in sport to win ten games consecutively yeah. I trust in that man's ability to be able to find the fix and I'm not saying we'll win 10 in a row again but we need to win what six or seven games to be to be about right what does yeah. that give you another 18 points yeah. gets you to 36 so we need to win six games from from 19 yeah which is not impossible which is one in three isn't it yeah but yeah what just yeah one in three so if we won won one and lost two for the rest of the season which would be rubbish we'd still be alright like yeah. I I could <laughs> It doesn't seem that difficult to be it's able to do that. About, it's not beyond the realm's possibility if these things happen. They need 
another way of scoring goals. Yeah. In the January window's coming in up, isn't January it? January so window. The thing with that, though, is also that, I mean, I can't think of a player off the top of my head. Dwight Gale, if you sign him, I'm not saying he's the answer, you need him to score goals immediately. Like Darren Bent, when we signed him in yeah. under Julio, you need him to come and score on his debut and start yeah. affecting matches straight away. Yeah. If you sign Dwight Gale and he scores one in six, pointless. Yeah. Like, you, you, we can't pin all your hopes. I know if we sign a couple of players in January, we're going to be fine. They need to hit the ground running immediately and need to start winning, uh, winning us points. So it's kind of like things need to change. I don't but know as well what. As that, I don't think the pressure is going to manage If we were to sign a couple of, bring a couple of bodies in in January, I don't think the pressure is all on them because what you would hope would happen is that it would lift the levels yeah. of those around them. And we've seen and we've said that, that this squad, albeit kind of a 13, 14 man squad, um, can compete. Well, that, they that, can compete. That first 11, Tara Mings in there, McGinn in there, Jack in there. Um, Tom Heaton Gilbert Engels at the start Target at the start Harahan that starting 11 is good enough to stay in the Premier League I think but now we're seeing when you lose some of those players through injury and through loss of form there's no one else behind that 11 to come in and make a difference you look to the bench and again I'm probably being a bit harsh on individuals I'm looking at championship players Lansbury yeah. is a champ- championship player. Kodja is a championship player. Well, they were, <coughs> but they were championship fringe players. Jota, yeah, again, they were championship, prim- championship fringe, They were championship fringe players, Lansbury and Kodja, in a team that finished fifth. Yeah, and now you're saying, yes, Henry Lansbury, have a go have, have, have a go at midfield, mate. Yeah, and, in, in and the, Premier the League, shape and the way Smith set them up to play wasn't getting results when John McGinn yeah. was playing in there. And also then you, you make changes against Watford and then you make changes to your changes at, at half-time, proving that you got it wrong. Like, yeah. And it's kind of, I guess, good in a way to at least, at last, recognise, OK, we need to make changes because yeah. it's not working. But if you drop your wingers and then you go, oh, excuse me, uh, El Ghazi, we need you back for, for the second half. Like Again, it just all feels a li- little bit disjointed. I'd, I'd rather somebody acknowledge that they've got, yeah, got yeah, something 100%, wrong. But and you'd hope that Old Garzi would have what we call the, the Harahan effect. When he's been left out, he comes on, he scores a goal as a substitute, or his first game back, he does well. You know, we know there's a problem beyond that, getting yeah. the third or second, third or fourth game. I don't, I don't mind Smith experimenting because what's happening is not working. Yeah, true. Uh, but then I kind of look at it and go from from your your build up from Boxing Day to the 28th the decision to start Henry Lansbury and put Jack back out wide is that a, is that a decision you look at as a coaching team you think yeah that's that'll win us the game yeah, what's Lansbury's done on that Jack I mean like, doubt, they've, doubt they've trained on the 27th anyway they've probably just had light recovery work <laughs> yeah. what has Lansbury done or said to you or bought you for Christmas to convince <laughs> you that he starts Starts there's, that there's game. Been games where his last game away Sheffield United he was yeah. fa- fairly anonymous that day there'll be people that will, will kind of throw the, the Harahan thing at us that we, that we rate him but there's been games where you look at it and think oh Connor should Connor should have maybe started that game whereas like, I would never look at Lansby and go oh yeah you, could, you should have started that yeah. and then all of a sudden you move Jack back out on the left when he was good in the centre against Norwich no, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. That's one of the, the fir- one of the first times I've looked at a team sheet and gone, "That's a that's the wrong lineup." Yeah. I, I, I kind of look understand but got rotation and make changes and fitness and all the rest of it. Things weren't working, so you change the personnel. But that that setup, 
oh, just, oh, I don't know. I just, again, I feel sad. <laughs> it's, it's difficult because uh, you look at the, the games we got left and I've put them into home and away. Home form is you look at, yeah, you need to, you need to do, if you do well at home, you should be okay. Home games we've got, and at this point the podcast is me just reading fixtures now. Man City, Watford, Tottenham, Sheffield United, Chelsea, Wolves, Man United, Crystal Palace and Arsenal. <laughs> now you look at this season so far and think, oh, we've had some tough away games. We've played all the big boys away and they've got to come to Villa Park now. And when you're playing well, you think, oh, well, you know, a Man United or an Arsenal come to Villa Park who aren't what they used to be and we might nick something there, which is true. That's fair. That could, that could happen. But now you look at it as a team that's struggling and think, oh, Arsenal, Man United, Chelsea, Wolves, Sheffield United, Tottenham. Like, they're all difficult, difficult games and they're the games that we're pinning on. Oh, if we're at home, you need to win. So I look at that. I say there's three games out of those nine that are potentially winnable. Watford, Sheffield United, just because they're overachieving if they have a bad day, like maybe, <laughs> and Crystal Palace. And then maybe you nick something against a Chelsea on an off day or a Wolves or a Man United or whatever. Probably got more chance of getting something against Arsenal and Man United than you have against yeah, the, probably. Probably, yeah, against Watford and Sheffield United. It's a shame that Man United and Arsenal are a bit near the back end of the season <laughs> where we're all going to be panicking though, isn't it? <laughs> Away games, Burnley, Brighton, Bournemouth, Southampton are the next four. I know they're away and they're difficult, but all four of those I've marked down as their games you could be picking up points from. Leicester, Newcastle, Liverpool, Everton, and then West Ham. Newcastle and West Ham are two more. So I'd say there is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games out of 18 where you could get something. Villa won the away game this season. Yes. I don't know who, but yes. I'm pretty sure we've won at least one away game. And Check I need to find that Check out. Well off, Phil. Can you do some filler? It, what I was going to say, and we'll come back. I'm sure come, we've won away. We must have won away. Points targets we should know this in a bit was finding there was an interesting report in the in Daily Mail uh, Mail Online the day about the wage bills and although Villa had this kind of big spree this Norwich of course yeah <laughs> just the 5-1 don't you remember people it? just screaming at their uh, <laughs> screaming at the whatever they listen to this or watch that, this on that's the only one though isn't it Man United away was a draw yeah you can't count that as a win you know <laughs> no, no, just as a positive yeah, one win, one away win. I and mean, the away, the, the away form's been terrible, but we've got we've got to play the easier games, in air quotes, for those that are listening. Yeah, from the list that for, you read out, they see there'd be more potential to win the games on the road than they would at home. But they're so flaky, they're so, yeah. so spineless. Um, but I suppose if the, the positive to the home games is, and again, this is re- re- relying on the fans to, to play their part as well, if the atmosphere happens like what we saw at Everton and we're right behind the team because we're going to have to be because you, you've got to support the team haven't you because we're, we're, we, will, we will be in a crisis at, at some point if things continue in the way they are you've got to be up for, for Wolves at home Man United at home Chelsea at home because if the bloke next if the bloke next to me started singing not on his own I'd probably wait for another 10 <laughs> I'd start singing but how do you you start it oh, I can't mate you've heard me sing yeah that's true you're happy to do it here, but not. Probably finish us off, wouldn't he? I don't know. Everyone get me with the microphone on the pitch, like wouldn't be Ron and that's the sign of Dean Saunders all those years. But get me on to whip up the crowd before we start the game. We just all need to be better, don't we? I guess, and the players need to have showed us something. Well, like you say, if we like Man City, right? I'm not saying we're going to play Man City at home and win because it's very, very, very unlikely. But if we go to Burnley and win and we play really well, 
you've got to be coming back to Villa Park well up for it and hoping if we that... we to Burnley and lose, we should be, we've well, still yeah, got to be true. well up for it. Yeah, true. Haven't we? But it's easier... Well, I, don't to, know how you, I don't know how that... It's that easier for that 40,000... start that. It's easier for that 40,000 to be positive if we've just won, though, is what yeah. I'm saying. Um, but, yeah, Watford at home, Sheffield United at home and Palace at home, that's got to be nine points. Yeah. So that takes you up to mid-20s. There's three or four away games there that you've got to be winning. And then if you nick points against a Chelsea or a Leicester or a Liverpool or whoever, that sees you enough. Like if we need six wins out of nine, out of nineteen, just let's win, win that the just next six and be done with it. Yeah. To be oh, that'd be lovely. Do it that way. I mean, that we could win four out of the next six: <laughs> Burnley, Watford, you Brighton, and Bournemouth. That's, like. <laughs> that's the thing, isn't it? Like we, it's easy to to win four of the next. Aerial jewels out the next six. I want back him to win four of the next set pieces out the next six. To be honest, it's so it's so disappointing that there was a stat. Um, we've had four shots on target in the last two games. Uh, Burnley have had four shots on target in the last three. So <laughs> that's going to be a thriller. Minute. <laughs> be an absolute goal fest at Burnley. I mean, it'll probably be that Burnley win two or three. No, won't yeah. it? That's what usually happens with that. But that's got nil nil written all over it on New Year's Day. Just, that, no. Well, yeah, we need all we can get. Can we like send the Burnley lads on a night out for New Year's Eve or something, and make sure they don't get home early or whatever. Send our ball balls up there in the game. <laughs> yeah. I was just I was touching on the. Um, we said we we're going to talk about the the summer recruitment, weren't we? Um, yeah. Touching on. There's an interesting report about about the comparative wage bills of the Premier League teams, um, and there's a suggestion that Villa. There's only five clubs in the Premier League who pay who whose wages are lower, who who pay less than, yeah. than Villa this season on average. Those teams are Sheffield United, Norwich, Brighton, Burnley, and Bournemouth. So, if we're taking that as an accurate barometer, and I've got no reason not to trust the figures from the guy um, Nick Harris, who's, who's quite clued up in these matters, <coughs> Villa will still below par. Yeah, but not as below par as you'd imagine. It's almost because Villa spent 140 million pounds on new signings last summer that Villa have put together this super duper Premier League squad who should be in the top eight, nine, or ten. That's not the case. Judging by what they're paying their players, they they should be yeah. in the lower echelons of the division. Now everybody could say, well, Sheffield United pay pay a lot less than, than Villa and they're still, you know, they're the exception. They're a freak. They're the exception exception that proves the rule. I think it's probably been... Uh, I mean, we've been guilty of being get, getting carried away. I know Ash has been, been kind of very kind of complimentary of, of a lot of the Villa players. I'm not just digging Ash out because he's not here to defend himself. <laughs> um, but... Looking back now on that spending spree in the summer and knowing what what these players are being paid compared to their Premier League peers, maybe we were all guilty of yeah, getting yeah. A, a little bit carried away. Maybe Villa, you pay, you know, you get what you pay for. They've, they've signed twelve players, you know, roughly averages out at ten million pound a player, ten million pound a player, and you know, thirty five, forty, forty thousand pounds per week probably doesn't buy you that much. Of a Premier League player, yeah. Nowadays, now the thing that that Villa <coughs> probably become, and I use the term success very, very loosely. Villa have probably become a victim of their their success early in the season when they were competitive because we know what they're capable of. Yeah. Now, whether that was adrenaline, confidence, 
you know the the excitement of stepping up to the Premier League I don't know probably a bit of everything though those players have somehow got to find that performance level and more at a time where confidence is you know falling through the floor really yeah yeah I think it's from the outside looking in you'd say Villa have spent X amount of money they bought 12 players they're they're, uh, they've, they've got a good side there is what you say they, they've signed players they, they're going to work with that we had a squad of about six people before signing those players like we yeah. had to make those signings to fulfil yeah. a team sheet so like you say it's difficult because I look at the names now very differently to how I looked at them at the start of the season where you think oh yeah good player good player yeah. decent player there good player but now you look at it and think oh maybe two or three out of those 12 that yeah. I think yeah there's they'll be here for the quote long term yeah. whether that's two seasons or whatever the rest I'm looking at thinking they're probably going to be on the fringes until their contract runs out at some point I think to me it's back to that and maybe they're not as good thing. as we thought you know if you want a player who's got Premier League experience and yet he's still mobile enough and energetic enough to play in the Premier League, you're going to play. You're going to pay a premium for them, mm. and they couldn't do that. So, the most experienced player, with the exception of of, of Tom Heat, the most experienced Premier League player, is Jack Grealish. Yeah, he's 24, and I, I think the, I think there probably is the talent in that group of a Premier League squad, but. Is there the leadership? Is there the nous? We've talked about them being streetwise. We've talked about them dealing with setbacks. I don't think. I think that's where they're, they're lacking, and yeah. that's where you can't lack. I mean, this is what happened the year that Villa got relegated. But they had they had senior players in that dressing room that time. They had Jolene Lescott. They had they had Mika Richards, but they just weren't very good <laughs> senior players. They weren't very good role models. Now. It's a bit of a cliche, but kind of they've got to try and find in the face of adversity. They've got to try and shape leaders. Name the evidence of my eyes suggests that that's not <laughs> that's not a great plan so far. Yeah, oh, I'm depressed now looking at that list. So let me get my list of the twelve players that we signed. I forget the right way around, and we're going to do a very basic. Turn it upside down, mate. You're <laughs> no, they're in no particular order. Just from I did it from memory of uh, who who did we sign? So we do a very basic kind of hit or miss, not like a, a rating out of ten because that's too specific and I can't be bothered. Just like a good 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 signing or bad signing or kind of indifferent. Can't we have like a red amber green? <laughs> oh, that's confusing as well, though, isn't it? Yeah, Let's but we can give them all ambers then, can't we? Sit on the fence <laughs> and we don't don't hang out anybody out to dry. Just I don't know if you don't okay. know. Okay, don't know. Tom Heaton. Yeah, he's a hit, isn't he? He's a hit. So I'm going to put a tick. I think personality-wise <laughs> as well. Yes, yeah, 100%. Good in interviews and stuff like that. Seems to be a good yeah. leader. I'm not really asked about him in interviews, but I'm more asked yeah, about but him like communicating that's the on the pitch. That's the only way uh, we get I to think see. He seems like a grown-up. <laughs> because he is. <laughs> he's 30-something, isn't he? He's a man. <laughs> what did you expect? Okay. Man or no man. <laughs> man. So <laughs> We've done hit or miss, but I've gone with a tick. So it's probably tick or cross. Okay. Fr- Freddie Gilbert signed in January, but... We didn't see him till the summer. Yeah, I like him. I think he's one of the best. He, he seems to have the kind of spirit. I would put half a tick. Okay. <laughs> I think there's potential there that he looks very a good player. This. But yeah. Tyra Mings hit. Yeah, easy. I agree. Yeah, Esri Concer again. I think potential. I think he's decent, but not not. Yeah, I'd like to see him play in the Premier League alongside Mings a few more times. Yeah, Courtney Hawes. 
bought in as a backup player for a couple of million. I mean, I think you've nailed it there. I think a lot of these, you'd think they'd be decent. <sighs> they'd be decent in the 18 squad, but now we're having to rely on playing yeah. Mings in uh, concert <laughs> as a tour. Oh, they'd be decent squad players, but... When you put them on the pitch, no, no. <laughs> I don't bench. mind them on the bench. Doing warm-ups right. and that. Yeah, they're good at that, but we don't want to play them. Um, yeah, it's kind of hit or miss or kind of in the middle, isn't Half it? Half tick. Yeah, Hawes is kind of in the middle, I'd say. I, put a dash. I don't know what we're trying to achieve here. But I just on. kind of want to assess the summer recruitments and go on, what we go think. Engels. Now, 10 games in, I said, yeah, hit. Seven yeah. million, good player, great player, in fact, almost. Yeah. And when Shane Long goes past him and the, and the sloth <laughs> gifts are coming out, you you start to start to worry. I think Engels is a good player, and I think he'll prove over time to be a, a good player. Because that was player. the partnership, wasn't it? Mingers and Engels, they look great together. But he's your, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of of an example. He's almost your kind of Ernie to Mings. He's <coughs> Eric. <laughs> He's not, you know, he's not the lead man in the partnership. Yeah. So when you ask him to be the lead man in the partnership, and the responsibility is all on him, he seems to have creaked mm. a little bit. I suppose if you're, you've started off playing with someone as good as Tara Mings, and then all of a sudden he's not there, yeah. that is a loss to anyone, regardless yeah. of how good Engels is or not. Um, so yeah, I think there's there's four central defenders there, and Mings is the one that you go, yes, definitely. The other three are kind of like, yeah, let's just yeah. juggle between them all, and we'll see what happens, sort yeah. of thing. Uh, it's not in the same order, but keep the defensive ones first. Matt Target. It's an interesting one, isn't I'd it? I'd say that's a miss. Because we've paid good money for him as well. And I thought, oh yeah, like, come up through the South Southampton Academy, like, probably a decent player Would in there. Would you rather have him in your team than Neil Taylor? Yes. Yes. Does that necessarily mean that he's <laughs> a brilliant Premier League left-back? That just means I don't want Neil Taylor in the team. No. Um, I think he's... Oh, he's obviously better going forward than defensively. That's obvious. But he's not hes not brilliant going forward either. Like he's, he's four like, out of ten, isn't he? He's average at best, and we've yeah. paid good money for an average left-back. Yeah. So I'd say that's a miss as a transfer. I just think your full-backs can kind of set the tone sometimes. Mm. If, listen, you don't need them to, to fly into kind of stupid tackles and to, you know, be dishing out leg breakers left, right and centre. But it's... It's a kind of I don't know. It's just a kind of I do like a snarling, <laughs> a snarling fullback who's playing at full pelt all the time. Yeah. Who's kind of you know we spoke about ball boys. Let's return to ball boys. Who's kind of get, you know getting the when, when we're in position possession, getting the ball boys to get the ball quicker. Really kind of playing at that tempo. And yeah. I just think if he, he, he's played like he's feeling his way in, yeah, which he is. But six months into the Premier League season, you can't feel your way in anymore. Yeah. Um, Douglas Louise I like the goal on clearance yeah I liked his goal did like goals that. yeah but besides that mm, again he's just just like a noise he's too casual isn't he I think he he's obviously come from the league hasn't he and he's trained with Man City and I would expect that because of that he wants time on the ball to, to do his thing I think if he gets time on the ball he would do his thing and you think yeah good player there yeah. but because he doesn't have that time like the when I think of him it's probably foolish to think of a negative for him just for the sake of it like that back heel or that little turn against Bournemouth or whatever it is like little moments like that yeah. I think oh you're not you're not quite cut out for streetwise for that yeah. streetwise it's been then, knowing when to play and when not to play but then he scores a great goal because 
but even now that, I, think, I, think he, thing? Oh, yeah. I think he's tempted too much into, into shooting by people shouting for him to shoot <laughs> yeah. I think it influences his judgement again 15 million if Pep rates him the players uh, the, the, the manager is playing him they clearly see something there like Listen, he's, he's capable of playing in the Premier League, but he's a kid. He needs yeah, to be kind of he's only 20 or 21, isn't he? Kind of, like I say, I'm probably sound like the old fart that I am, but he needs to be kind of more grisly and more snarly and more. Yeah. He needs to hurt more. Defeats need to hurt more. I'm not convinced that they are. They're not convinced they're hurting enough people on the pitch as much as they're hurting the people on the terraces at the moment. Yeah, that's fair. I'd say unsure on Louise potential to be a good signing if he sticks around but I've not seen enough to make me go yeah look he's amazing but yeah. also not to be like he's awful Nakamba again feels very similar probably more inclined to the, the awful part especially yeah, in the last few got, games I thought he was he's got this recent habit of trying to climb assists doesn't he, he trying to set up uh, rubbish the other day because that, that his defensive mistake comes before that goal on clearance yeah. doesn't it and again Jack goes mental at Nakamba for that like he yeah. just kind of lets him bounce off his thigh and it's very kind of lackadaisical and again just take responsibility whatever player, area of the pitch you're at take responsibility again a player that's probably if he's got time on the ball probably alright but you don't have that in the Premier League it's, yeah. I, I know that's a cliche especially in the position that we are as well like when teams press us you've got to be quick and I did a tweet after Watford um, or during Watford at half time I think like we can't retain possession like that's such a basic element of football yeah. if you've got the ball keep hold of it if you've got it <laughs> nothing can go wrong yeah. essentially and unless you do a Leandro Bacuna a few years ago <laughs> and boot it back up the other end <laughs> If you've got the ball, you're, it's, it's up to you then to to, yeah. to control what, what the game, uh, game where the game goes. Appalling. If you can't keep hold of the ball for more than two or three passes, that's what sees you go down. It doesn't. Yeah. You can blame VAR for this, and we had bad luck here, and this ref did that. If you can't keep the ball when you've got it, yeah. what do you expect to happen? Someone's yeah. you're going to give the ball away, and you're giving the opposition more chance to yeah. <laughs> to score. It seems so basic, and I'm not saying that. The, the coaching staff can't recognise that yeah. but we can't sit here and go Dean Smith out he's not the one li- losing the ball he's not the one who's got time to play it and Villa blast it up the Villa pitch don't see goals because of concerted periods of pressure no it's we're just doing stupid mistakes you think teams don't even need to press us that much because they think oh well they'll give us the ball eventually anyway that, if Douglas Louise isn't at the right place at the right time for that great block against Norwich we've got one point out of Christmas yeah at best because that's possibly at 0-0 I don't, I don't even remember but do you know what I mean like it's, it's us we're the masters of our own downfall we do so many stupid things but if you can't even keep hold of the ball for a couple of passes like the I think it was um, potentially Southampton it's like the, I'd, I'd obviously I'm at the game so I don't hear the commentary but it must be Heaton Engels to target back to Engels back to Heaton Gilbert here just comes Jack 100 yards deeper than he needs to be back to target like we just ping like our possession stats must be massively out of whack because when we've got the ball we just ping it around defence for a bit long ball up to Wesley he either miscontrols it or he's nowhere near it yeah. or the ball is poor That's or whatever bad. and it comes back to you and you're back on the back foot again and then we get the ball bit of possession at the back long yeah. ball forward and it's like we've got to be more creative than that like there's, there's some decent players in that side that can unlock a defence on the ball if, if you've got the ball and your only tactic is to pass it around for a bit look for, a, look for an opening go long and then you're on the back foot again yeah. and then you're prone to a mistake as well that's what gets you relegated imagine that team that Jack oh, hey, it's not even worth thinking <laughs> of is it? if it wasn't for Jack and Tom Heaton we'd be bottom now yeah. without without a doubt and on about four or five points yeah. 
Blake, wor- isn't worse than the season when we went down. Blake. So that so does that mean that the team is worse than that side? Because that seems impossible. Because <laughs> that team was awful. Like the, those players aren't as bad as the team that went down, but we're so reliant on Tom Heaton pulling out a couple of wonder saves and Jack Grealish being creative at both ends of the pitch. Yeah. Besides from that, you lose McGinn and you lose Mings, and the rest of them are kind of looking around, going, "Well, yeah, yeah. what are we supposed to do? Who, who do we play the ball to? We need Conor Horan to come on and ping a goal against Norwich to get us three. The only points over Christmas, the only goal that matters, is a substitute coming off the bench and having to pull out a wonder goal. Like it's, it's just really poor. It's, it's right, back to where do we get to? And the Camber miss for me. Yotta miss. Yeah, agreed. Trezeguet. Kind of in the middle, leaning towards a miss. I think Trezeguet's a miss as well. Um, was that what he signed more. this summer as well? Yeah, he was. He was made permanent in the summer. Yeah. yeah so again, I've seen glimpses from him and Trezeguet to a certain extent. Trezeguet had a decent game at the back end of November or something like that, where he's like, oh yeah, he looked alright, and then he played the next game and he was awful again. So there's little glimpses from the wingers, which, like we said, you can kind of blow hot and cold and kind of allow that a little bit. For, for the money we spent and they're the only wingers you've got to play it's like are they good enough to be starting in the, in the Premier League every things week happen, haven't they? Probably if Jack's not. not making things happen they've got to make things happen and yeah. they're not they're not doing yeah. it enough and the last one is Wesley who has to go down as a miss well he does go down as a miss 20 million and he's a goal scorer that doesn't score goals to, to really simplify it I think he's been better in the Christmas period actually I think he's probably had his, his better games in the last couple which is I mean, maybe that's the, the whole team is poor poorer so yeah. he doesn't look as poor as he usually is but he had a decent chance against Watford that header yeah, he's got to bury that I know great Foster's save. a great goal it's a great save from Foster form, but I, don't, I don't think he could have done much more Wesley there I think no uh, He's headed it into the ground. Oh, yeah, obviously. But I mean, physically, I don't think he could have done. He's headed it into the ground intentionally or not. That makes it a little bit more difficult for the keeper. It's a great save. I don't think he could have done more with that. Yeah, I think he should have scored. Yeah, he could have scored, but you know what I mean? I think he should have scored. I think he, I don't think it's, I don't think it's Gordon Banks Pele. Uh, it's, it's a great save. I think he's got to score. Anyway. It has to go three, one. Has to, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or 4 1. It'd probably rolled Watford. <laughs> has to go down as a miss just because. He, he needs to be on around eight or nine goals this season yeah. to at this point in the season to be worthy of like he's played he's played a lot of games like he should have scored more goals he's had he's had chances to score more goals and either not taking them or been unlucky or whatever but then you you look at the sub bench and go he's he's understudy is Jonathan Codger like what's he gonna do yeah. <laughs> again to to dig out another one personally um, so yeah it's just all a bit of a mess because you looked at those players at the start of the season and thought oh yeah might be some might well, be some to, decent players to prove people wrong and they're, they're, they're not as good as I if they want to be if they want to prove themselves as Premier League players their best chance of doing it is by staying in the Premier League at Aston Villa yeah because you know it was interesting the the, the team that went down several seasons ago Amarvi Idrissa Guy um, Veritu have all kind of re- reinvented and re- re-established themselves yeah I'm not saying that, that the players that we've just gone through won't re-establish themselves in the Premier League but they're not going to get a better chance of Premier League football than this yeah um, you know and I know that if Aston Villa went down this season teams would cherry pick Jack Grealish John McGinn 
Tom Heaton might get a, another gig in the Premier League somewhere, and Tyro Mings. Yeah. Now I don't think many other signings would would have people knocking down the door for them. So, you know, we've spoken about Douglas Louise and Nakamba. If they're finding the Premier League hard going, are they suddenly going to be much better in the Championship? I don't know. I think it's time for them to prove themselves. You know, it's a re- proper kind of cliche alert, but it's time to stand up and be counted. Yeah. It's time to take, take responsibility. Which is what um, Smith said after Watford. You know, this is this is in their hands. This is in the hands of Dean Smith, John Terry, Richard O'Kelly, and the squad of players that they have assembled. And we've established that they had to buy certain players. They were shopping in a certain market because 140 million, ridiculous as it sounds, only goes so far. But now, to me, and again, it probably probably is kind of pub room, bar room tactician. It's about spirit, and it's about kind of it's about endeavour. It's about feeling defeats as hard as the fans feel defeats. And but surely, if they start to show that. Surely, if Jack is your captain, he feels it. So, can he not get that feeling across to the rest of the team as captain? Is that I'm not sure his? I do feel it. Because just got to show it. He looks gutted after a defeat. He was lying on the pitch after probably Southampton, I assume. Like head on his hands and you kinda of look at him as a fan and think, oh, I know I know what you're feeling and it it's gotta be difficult for him because he can't, uh, we can't affect it, especially you and me. We can't get on there and affect it. Even at a ball ball level, too old for it. We've got to start the chance, haven't we? But, I know but, we're on different layers of the Trinity, but I'll shout yeah. to you. Put, put me on speakerphone. I, I'll have a look up and say, Oh, you've started one, I'll try one. Um Jack can affect it. And he's, I'm not, this isn't a Jack's not trying hard enough. He's the only one that can, and Tom Heaton, who can hold their, their head up high and go, yeah, he's giving it his best. He's an excellent player, but you can't rely on him to, as a one man team, just keep us in the Premier League. It's impossible for him to do it all on his own, as much as he's going to try to do it. It must be frustrating that he can physically help Aston Villa win football matches, but can't because the other 10 players or the other eight or nine players around him aren't as good as him. Yeah. That must be frustrating. That when we did our Grealish special the other day, which has gone down very well, by the way. People say like he has to move to a better team at some point because he's too good to be. He's too good to be in the bottom three with Aston Villa. As much yeah. as I, I love him and I would never want him to leave, I kind of feel sorry for him that he has to go yeah, through that with us. Right. Jack again. We've got him. For, we've got him for five months. Let, let's find a best way. Let's enjoy him. Staying in the Premier League and, and keeping him. Just as a as a slight um, aside, and I think we're probably nearly done. Yeah. In a second, I might be wrong. I can see a central defensive pairing of Tyrone Mings and James Chester oh. at Burnley. I can't. Can you not? <laughs> no. I thought Chester was all right against the Liverpool kids. He's played 70 odd 80 minutes to now I think and was okay don't know I don't Do you think, think he's done I, I don't think he'll play in the Premier League you don't no I think that was a different intensity level in that cup game to what would be required in a relegation battle as much as I love Chester and he's a leader on the pitch that's what I'm getting at to be honest I'm getting at kind but of men if, <laughs> if, if Mings comes back on the same game that's his role to be yeah. the leader yeah. you don't need as much as you can never have enough uh, kind of leadership you don't need both of them I think Chester playing on the wing <laughs> might as well just stick him left back or something <laughs> at this point right? so I saw people saying Hawes could move to left back if Mings comes back instead of target which I wouldn't be it's not the worst majorly the against but again it's players playing out of position that I don't I don't like um, no I don't think Chester will play in the Premier League at all this season I could be wrong I think you've got three other centre-backs there who are the future of whether we stay yeah. up or stay down 
uh, stay up or go down where Chester's contract's running out he's had this serious injury I think I'm just kind of like I say, I'm just clutching for yeah, to no, get some kind clutching of for a positive get some experience and some some leadership in there I, I want to we will write this up now I want to end with a kind of song no definitely not a kind of I suppose theory is the only word I can think of that's potentially going to make me look silly I'm going to try and explain it to you I spoke to it spoke to it with somebody the other day in 2016 when we went down we knew by Christmas like we, this is probably the year like we've been flirting with relegation for two or three seasons at least always around 17th yeah. dropping in coming out disappeared on a plug hole and you, you know it's going to come one day so it's kind of as much as it hurt going down and it was a uh, it felt like the worst thing ever when it when it happened. We knew it was coming. That definitely that season, and at, you know, in, yeah. the, in the in the seasons before, we knew at some point that was going to happen. This team, under Dean Smith, John Terry, and the Jack there, all these players, Mings here, and etc. This team wasn't meant to go down. If that makes sense, yeah. like this was supposed to be the beginning of something new. Yeah. And I feel like I thought I oh, will go down. It's, it won't get worse than that and it's a bit like the playoff final when we lost that it was like oh this is the worst feeling like if we lost the playoff final again it won't be as bad because we've already yeah. experienced it if we went down this year it will be a hundred times worse than the last time for me because it it wasn't supposed to happen like if you're talking like a fate we weren't uh, supposed uh, to go up though were we no well, yeah <laughs> but because it was a miracle to get here and we've kept hold of Jack in the championship he's captain he's he's it, you know, heading into his prime it's the best season he's ever had we spent all this money we've got these great characters in Mings and McGinn and people like that we've got a Villa fan as manager we've got this feel good factor about the club like this is the beginning of something new now this, it's football, though, isn't this, it? this is the start so this is the start of us so like, claiming our place back in the in the, in the Premier League like, this team was, uh, the only way I can describe it is a bit, this, it, from like a destiny point of view as much as I don't really believe in that it, this team wasn't meant to be relegated do you know what I mean like it, we got any Disney music we can't because of the copyright but we're supposed to be better than that now I felt like that that was all in the past like not that we'll never get relegated Premier League, though, I think I think you're right I think that yes this it would the, hit so much harder now because this team is better than going down whereas yeah, well, last time thought, those players were awful we last time the, the kind of chop it and change mentality had gone we thought that we got a manager who was going to be given space to, to build a, a legacy you know what I mean we thought that yeah. you know that, that football's such a disposable game and uh, it's just doesn't feel right does it like you look at that that somebody uh, retweeted uh, the lineup from when we played Watford in the Premier League last yeah, time it was, it was like Bakuna Toner and Toner Lescott uh, Richards uh, get stared all these yeah. players and you look at that and you go Jesus like how we weren't officially relegated in like September yeah. I don't know um, but that team you look at that and go yeah it's absolute no surprise they went down yeah. like it, the club was rotten at that point and yeah. it was it was going to happen whereas now you get your new owners in and you spend all this money if we go up we'll start redeveloping Villa Park like all of those plans are halted if we go down yeah. Jack's gone McGinn's gone Heaton's gone Mings has gone. Yeah. We'll get all our money back and we'll be all right financially yeah. probably, but we ruin everything that we're supposed to be building. Yeah. So going down this year, which I'm, I still don't think will happen. I think five or six wins out of 19 isn't impossible. I still think we'll be all right. Welling up there. <laughs> um, but this team is, is meant to be better than what we're doing and that's why it's so frustrating and disappointing this time around that last time it was kind of, oh, well, what do we expect with... 
wasters like that playing yeah. for us essentially this team is better than where we are and we've literally seen it this season as well got to prove it then aren't they? so why why aren't they doing it now they've got 19 games to save the season yeah because it's disaster zone if we go down again this time 18 oh, 18 you won less <laughs> you got to win one in three that's not hard I don't think on paper and one in three it's not even a like a we're not asking for a lot, are we? We're not saying like, oh, we need to be getting five, six points from every three oh, or whatever. I'm looking forward to going back to Slimming World, though. So, I'm so depressed. I'm going to be dry rye eaters <laughs> and rice cakes. Coming into work specifically for this, just how I cry about Villa. It's bad, isn't it? Thing is, I suppose it is like a little bit of a therapy, isn't it? I tweeted that. Like, it's, it's a little bit of a therapy session to go over it. Like, we've had three pretty grim games in a week there. It's nice to kind of. Fucking take a deep breath now. Like a weight off my shoulders. Jeremy yeah, Scott, I don't feel any better though, do you? A little, uh, halfway through, I was like, yeah, I've had a laugh. Now I feel depressed again at the state of the future of the football club if we get relegated. That ball ball thing was fun though, wasn't it? Yeah, that was good while it lasted. Maybe we'll just go back to that. What was the title I was going to say for this? What did you say, that Yoda phrase? Poor, so poor they so, have been or something. So poor we have been or something like that. I have to go back and list it. So poor have we been. Yeah, it's nice to discover the title <laughs> yeah. before we need to upload it later. We'll have that as a title. So we'll come to an end on our longest podcast yet. Oh, is it really? About an hour 20. Oh my God, sorry about that. Sorry. It's almost as long as a football game, isn't it? So we just go for another, what is it, six or seven minutes-ish to get to the 90th minute? Yeah, just want to kill a bit of time. <laughs> concede a couple of goals. Don't pass me the mic. So got time to concede a few last-minute goals. Um, yeah, so thank you very much for listening or watching this podcast. Uh, if you've enjoyed it, you're an insane person like yeah, the rest of us. you're a masochist. <laughs> yeah, you enjoy other people's misery. Um, but we're all going to do it together, aren't we? There's... I don't know, fifteen hundred, a thousand people listening to this are all feeling the same things we are. You might disagree with our opinions, which is fair. You might agree with them, also fair. Um, and you might want to give us a five star rating, but on yeah, iTunes, which is also fair. Get some iTunes reviews in. Um, we asked for them last time for the mug competition giveaway. I've not picked a winner yet, so we're going to roll that over to next week. <laughs> just get a few more reviews in there. There's been, there's been some nice ones, actually. Whether they're genuine or not, or whether it's just so they can win a mug, is doesn't matter to we us, does it? Them, don't doesn't matter. Honest, yeah. If we you don't, don't listen to the podcast and you just go on our feed, it looks like we've got loads of great feedback. So regardless whether they're genuine or not, doesn't matter, does Perfect. It? So, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on this miserable Monday morning. Um, is it, Happy is it, New Year! Is it, is it, is it even Monday? <laughs> It's Monday, Monday. Yeah. I mean, no one knows what day or date no. it is, do they, this time? So, yeah, New Year. Uh, we'll play Burnley on the 1st. So, our next podcast will be, is it next Monday, I guess? Yeah. What's the schedule for? Can we sneak one in later in the work? week or not? Maybe. Let's, let's not promise that. Let's, let's yeah, we did that last Monday. time, didn't we? We did that for Boxing Day. For that yeah. yeah, so possibly later this week after Burnley, if not Monday, the. Something of the something, 6th, I think. 6th of January, January. 2020. 2020? Yeah. The year that Aston Villa survived. The year of the great escape. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, let's call it. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue and Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please do let us know. We love hearing your thoughts and comments. We'll be back soon with another episode. Until then, up the villa. <laughs> <laughs>